Good morning, it's Jim. It's Tuesday, the 26th of May, 2020, and it's the world of bonds. A couple of things to talk about today. I'm going to start with the UK's public debt. Um, so UK debt to GDP um, as a result of all the borrowing that's being done, all the bond issuance that we've had as a result of financing coronavirus, either through furloughs or government aid, lack of tax revenues, now stands at 97.7%. That's the highest debt to GDP level we've seen in the UK since 1963, which remember was a year when uh, we were delevering, coming down that slope on the way down from World War II, all the borrowing that we had then to finance the war effort. So huge amount of debt heading up towards 100% in common with all the other developed markets uh, around the world, but still um, that 100% level will be seen as uh, quite significant. It's not um, stopping people buying government bonds at the moment. We've seen we've issued a gilt with a negative um, yield for the first time. And if we run through the uh, government bond yields around the world, you'll see that gilt yields are still exceptionally low and very well supported partly because people expect yields to go negative um, at a Bank of England level um, sometime in 2021. So US 10-year treasuries are at 68 basis points, the JGB at zero, gilts 0.12% and the Bund at minus 50. Credit is still very well supported at the moment with investment grade spreads at 183 and high yield ten, uh, high yield. Uh, Bond yields um, 684 basis points more than US Treasuries. So let's talk about a couple of defaults that have happened over the past few days. First of all, no surprise to anyone, Argentina. Argentina has now defaulted nine times, joining a list of five countries that have defaulted nine times. Costa Rica, Chile, Brazil, Uruguay, and now Argentina. Uh, there are a couple of people who have done uh, even worse than that. So Ecuador has defaulted 10 times and Venezuela in the lead with 11 times, all Latin American economies uh, for, for some reason. So um, Argentina had a grace period on $500 million that was overdue um, some uh, weeks ago. That has now elapsed. And so effectively it's in default. It has 65 billion worth of foreign debt outstanding that's now all trading down at around about 30 to 40 cents in the dollar the other big default we can talk about uh, and there are a few coming through now including um, just now i see latin america's biggest airline has just gone into default latam air um, but it was hertz hertz the car rental company um, has defaulted um, that will have some big impacts, not just because it's a big issuer, but also let's think about what the impact might be on the second-hand car market. If um, the creditors, you know, got all these this huge car fleet around the world um, that's potentially going to get sold off by creditors into the second-hand car market, and that will depress prices of both second-hand cars and potentially also of new cars as well. And so, you know, some of those um, car loans uh, to, to finance the second-hand car, well, to finance the, the rental car fleet have been packaged up into ABS bonds. And I saw Fitch had suggested that even the AAA-rated tranches of those ABS bonds might see losses of around a quarter to a third. So um, defaults starting to come through, and I think something we'll be talking about a lot in the next few days. The final thing I wanted to talk about is, you know, I think the most interesting thing from an inflation versus deflation argument 
as to the impact of coronavirus is whether capital or labour will come out on top of this. You know, on some arguments, you could see that labour might do very well. There's a big wave of public opinion wanting to pay nurses, doctors, bus drivers more. Um, also, if you've been working minimum wage for, for years um, in the US, for instance, and you've been laid off, why would you go back to that same job? You know, maybe you look around and try and get higher wages and um, use your leverage in that way. On the other hand, if you don't have a job and the governments are going to start ending those furlough programmes and uh, generous unemployment benefits, maybe capital will hire people back at lower wages. I, I kind of, you know, my gut feel was that Labour would generally do better out of uh, the recovery than capital would do um, because of kind of a uh, public sentiment argument as much as something else. But I just saw uh, Facebook in the US um, is talking, you know, on the face of it, it sounds pretty generous, doesn't it? Facebook is saying, um, no need to come back to the office after this is all is over. You can go and work from anywhere. You know, we're a tech company. We're very sophisticated. Working from home works. You know, it's uh, been efficient. We can keep going. And many companies um, have found that, it's, you know, these white collar jobs can be done just as or almost as efficiently remotely as they have been in the office. And so on the face of it, you might regard this as a positive for labour, you know, the opportunity to work from wherever you want to in the world, etc. But there is a sting to what Facebook have said. Um, you have to report where you're going to work from and then your salaries will be adjusted to reflect the local cost of living. So if at the moment you're in San Francisco where the cost of living is pre pretty high but you decide to move to uh, Arkansas or um, I don't know, um, somewhere in Latin America in, for instance, then your salary will be adjusted downwards and maybe this working from home experiment, although it felt nice at the time, might be a way that sees middle class and middle income uh, and even higher income um, jobs have their benefits uh, eroded um, and capital wins. Okay, something we'll think about more in the next few days. Have a good one.